Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. So uh, it is summer. How many of you guys have been able to travel uh, this summer? Any trips planned, going? Okay. All right, well, last week we had the 4th of July as well. Did anybody get to celebrate the 4th of July? Right? Okay, so who had barbecue on the 4th of July? Right, we should. Okay, there's another question. Who had good barbecue on the 4th of July? I'm sorry if it was ruined by barbecue, but... um, one of the things that I like doing the summer is to be able to take trips. And with everything opening back up, you're able to take vacations, you're able to fly and things like that. Uh, maybe you have something planned. Maybe you're going this week. Uh, but I can remember my very first time flying overseas by myself. Um, I was going over there to meet a family for vacation. And, and with that, uh, I was supposed to get over there and then meet them in Italy. And I get on the plane, we fly, I fly over by myself, I'm watching movies, having a good time, and then we get there, and when we land, I don't know why it didn't hit me before, but right when we landed, it hit me that the primary language is not English, and I'm going to have to figure out how to get to my hotel in Italy from the airport. And so uh, this was before uh, uh, technology was advanced like it was. And, and I had uh, not my phone. I had papers printed out, right, of like the hotel name and the address. And so those papers were what was going to get me through this. I already had a, a game plan in mind. I was just going to go to the lady at the counter. And I did this. I just showed her the paper. I said, I need to get here. I couldn't even pronounce it. I was like, I just need to get here. And she's like, yes, yes. And so I said, no, 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 no. I need you to help me get to this place. She's like, yes, yes. And then when she said at that time, she pointed to the phones that were behind me. There were some pay phones behind me. And I'm like, okay, yes, phones. But I need, can we like bypass this process and you call for me? And so she's like, no, no, him. And I said, what? And there was a guy at the pay phone. And I looked and I was like, oh, oh, he's going to this place. She said, yes, yes. And I was like, okay, but I'm not 100% cool with with." That guy going to the same place because, you know, I was taught from birth, right? Stranger, danger. And I didn't know that guy. And the thing was, um, on the way over, uh, I got to watch movies. And one of the movies that I got to watch while I was going over was, was Taken. And I, I don't judge people, right? I try not to judge. But this guy looked like he came straight out of the movie. And he had cases with him and like he was dressed in all black. And I'm like, this just does not seem like a good idea. And so she said, yes, he's going to the same place. So I took my papers and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm about to show this guy where I'm going to be with information that, you know, I feel like is a conflict of interest. And so I take the papers over to him and I'm like, excuse me. Yeah. Hey, sir. Uh, are you, you going here? He's like, ah, oh, yes. And in my mind, I'm like, sure, you're going there. Probably up to something. And so he said, yes, yes, come on. You know, and I said, uh, okay. And, he, and he, he pointed outside and a, a taxi drove up. And then uh, like they weren't speaking English. They were talking to each other. And what kind of threw me off was like, they're talking like they know each other. And I'm like, oh no, oh, this is not how it goes down. I do not get kidnapped in Italy. And so uh, they're talking to each other and I'm watching. And, and so then I just get in the car, I put my luggage in and I sit and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm, I'm ahead of the game. I'm thinking, okay, if something goes down, I'm gonna be in the right spot at the right time, ready to take action. So I think ahead and I get behind the driver. 
And I'm like, if anything goes down, like that's the best possible place for this scenario to go. And I'm thinking he's going to get in and sit in the front passenger seat. But he gets in and he sits beside me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know where this is going. And so I have this game plan, like I'm already there, right? I'm no longer in just my normal life. I'm in the movie, right? I'm Liam Neeson. I'm trying to be. And so I'm thinking of a game plan to try to figure out what to do if it goes bad, because you've got to have a plan of action. And so they started talking to each other. And I'm thinking, you know, if we're driving and I have to get out the car for some reason, if anything else, if I can't fight, I'll run, right? I'll run. Uh, And so I'm thinking, like, remember landmarks, right? Remember signs. Even though you can't pronounce the names of those signs, you just remember green sign, blue sign, red sign, take a right, get back to the airport. And so I'm thinking about, you know, how to get there. And then I'm also listening to how they're talking to each other. And I'm like, I'm watching the rear view. Y'all, I was so far gone. I was looking at the rear view mirror and I was watching the driver's eyes. I'm like, if they look at each other and he like winks, I know that look like it happens in the movie. It's like, all right, grab him. And so I'm watching. I'm like, if he does anything, it is on. I'm ready. So as they're talking, I'm looking and trying to listen to them talk and watch their body language and stuff because I just suddenly became an expert. And then I'm, I'm looking at the signs and the turns and things. I'm like, I'm ready. Y'all, I, I had it planned so, so deep to where I was like, if they look at each other, if somebody sneezes, I'm throwing my hands on the driver's eyes. He's going to stop. If we flip, if we roll, if we stop, I'm going to get out and take, take it back to the airport. I'm going to run. And so I'm sitting there. I'm ready. And we're taking turn after turn. We go this way, go this way. And then we end up in a back Alley, I'm like, this is it. It's fight. It's flight, you know, fight or flight. It's fight for a little bit, then get out of there, right? And so then the driver, he gets out. He goes to open my door. I'm like, all right, here we go. It's action time. When he opens the door, I look up and I see the family that I was supposed to meet, rolling their bags, smiling. Hey, and I'm like, hey. And on the inside, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, People I know, I'm so thankful that there's people that I know. And it was just like on the inside, my thoughts had taken me there. I was like, man, these guys don't know. I was about to just take action or try to. And all of that was a result of where my thoughts had taken me. I was thinking, you know, like the worst situation. And maybe you haven't been there to where you were going to go, you know, go into action mode. But maybe your thoughts have taken you places. Maybe somebody sent you a text and you're like, hey, whoa, calm down. What, why is their attitude in this text? Or maybe you sent a text and they thought you had an attitude. You had to explain, no, no, I just type like that. That's just how I type. I didn't mean to use all caps. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe you've called someone or, uh, and they're not answering. You're like, oh no, maybe something's going on with them. Maybe they're upset. Maybe something's happened to them. And then you think of three different scenarios and it wasn't that they weren't answering or something happened. It was just that their phone battery had died and needed a charger. Or that somebody was ignoring you and the whole time he's like, oh man, my my phone died, I'm sorry. And so we'll have places where our thoughts will take us. And today I wanted to to look at a story of a guy whose thoughts clearly took him somewhere. And we're going to look at the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. So if you would turn there with me, we're going to look at Judges chapter 6. And we're going to start around verse 11. We're going to read this together. Um, And as you're turning there, I want to kind of give you some background on Gideon. Maybe you've heard the story of Gideon before. But in this particular case, Gideon, uh, he's, he's one of the judges that God picked. Basically, he was Gideon the Great. He led 300 people. God chose Gideon to lead 300 people to, to defeat the Midianite army, which is an army of hundreds of thousands of men. And he did it with just 300 people and the power of God. You see, that had to happen because during that time, the Israelites were in this cycle of turning to God 
and then turning away from God. So they'd be like, God, we love you. God, you're amazing. God, you're great. And they'd be like, God, we're, we're good over here. But whenever they would go over, whenever they would turn from God, these invading armies would come in and they would take over, taking everything that the Israelites had, not leaving anything. And so in this particular time, they turned to God and God would elect leaders or judges to free Israel. And so in this case, it was Gideon. But I don't want to talk about when, when he was a Gideon the great, right? The leader of the 300. I want to look at when he was just Gideon the guy. So Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and verse, we're going to look at verse 12. Uh, he's in this wine press and he's threshing wheat. We're going to get, back, get to that later. But he's in this wine press threshing wheat. In verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, then why then has all this happened to us? And where are all of his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Like, out of all the tribes, my tribe is the weakest. And I'm the least in my father's house. I don't even get, kicked, get picked for kickball. Like, I'm the last picked. And they were like, Hey, you got Gideon. They don't like picking me at all. He's like... Uh, and the Lord said to him, but I will be with you and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. You see, Gideon in this in this situation, we see this conversation between him and God. God said, hey, Gideon, I'm, I'm, I pick you. And Gideon's like, no, no one picks me ever. And I think you got the wrong guy. But God's like, no, Gideon, I'm going to back you up and, and you're going to do this thing for me. And, and the whole uh, this whole conversation is God trying to do something through Gideon. And how I many you know that God wants to do something through us as well, but before God can do something through us, a lot of the times God has to do something in us. And so God's trying to do something in Gideon, but Gideon is, Gideon is identifying with all the stuff that's happened. He's like, where are all the miracles? Where's all the protection? Where's all the stuff that our dad told us about? Where, where are all those things? And look at me, I'm weak, and he has taken all this stuff that's happened and that's who his identity is. If you were to ask him who he was, we clearly just heard what he said. He's the weakest. And this is Gideon's life, but I want us to look at another life. And we're going, we're going to turn and look at Luke chapter 4. So I'm going to ask you guys to turn to Luke chapter 4. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Luke chapter 4, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus. How many of you guys are thankful for Jesus? Luke chapter 4, sorry, verse 16. And I want to give you some background here as well. Uh, during this part in Jesus' life, he's been baptized. He's met John the Baptist. He's come out of the water and God's confirmed, hey, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus from there, he goes into the, into the wilderness where he has this one-on-one showdown with the devil trying to tempt him. And every time Jesus comes out victorious because he's quoting the word of God. And then it says from there, he comes back to his hometown. And that's where we're going to pick up in Luke chapter four. He comes back to his hometown where he's, he's been in the synagogues before. It says he was full of the spirit. So he was hyped up and he was ready. So in his hometown, you can find Jesus preaching every Sunday at 1130 in the synagogue. So Jesus is in his hometown. In verse 17, it says, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. 
See, everybody thought that things were just going to be normal that day, that he was just normally going to get up like he normally did, and he was just going to read like he always does, and everybody was going to say amen, and three people were going to clap, and then they were just going to sit down, and everybody was going to go eat after that. But clearly, today, on this day, it was different. He read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So then it says, he rolled up the scroll in verse 20 and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. So after he reads it, he hands it back and he goes to sit down. But everybody's still watching him go sit down. Jesus notices this. And in verse 21, it says, he began to say to them, today... This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What Jesus was basically saying in that moment, he was saying, hey, everything that I just read is right here. This is me. And when he did that, verse 22, it said, all and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They were shocked. Like, isn't this Joseph and Mary's boy? Like, isn't this this Mary's boy? But Jesus knew who he was. And because he knew who he was, as you go on to read in Luke chapter 4, and as you may already know, Jesus goes on to do each and every single thing that he said, each and everything that he spoke out and that he read. He did those things. He brought sight. He brought healing. He brought freedom. And he was able to walk out the purpose that God had for him because he knew who he was. Now, Jesus was identifying with something different, but I want to go back to Gideon really quick. Gideon, he was identifying with what had happened to him, around him, what he had been dealt. And because life had dealt him those things, that's what he let define him because of what happened to him. And when I look at that story, I see that, okay, that's what defined him, but I had to think internally, you know, what What's my identity? And I would ask you that same question. What defines you? I guess a simpler way to put it would be, who are you? When you ask someone, you know, hey, you know, who are you? They they tell you their name. And then sometimes they'll go straight to their occupation. Or they'll go straight to their family. Or who they know. And is that bad? No, but uh, there are multiple things that we find our identity in. The people we know, our social status, our possessions, our accomplishments, those things aren't bad, but there are also things where it's like, it's not something we've done, but it's or something we've accomplished and we're proud of. It may be something that we've done and we're not. Or it may be something that, that someone did to us or something that happened to us and, and we didn't ask for those things or maybe we lost something or someone. And because of that, our whole identity, who we are, how we look at life and how we approach life is based on that. But the only thing that's wrong with that is this, is that if your identity is found, whether it's good or bad, or whether it seems good or bad, if your identity is found in something that doesn't last, then your identity is in the wrong thing. If your identity is found in something that fades, then it's in the wrong thing. You see, No matter what it is, no matter what we let define us or let our identity be, um, we find ourselves in this pit. 
Clearly, this is not a pit that would not let me dig a hole on stage, but I need you guys just to bear with me. So this, for the next few minutes, is a pit. What is this, everyone? Children's pastor. So this is the pit, (laughs) and it's made up of all the things we use to let define us. Maybe it's something we do. Maybe it's who we think we are. Maybe it's something that's happened to us, and this is where Gideon found himself. I know he was in a wine press, but a wine press was a type of pit. And we find Gideon, when God approaches Gideon, he's in this wine press threshing wheat. That's weird because you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. Where you thresh wheat is really on a threshing floor that is out in the open. And in threshing wheat, you're, you're trampling the wheat to where it's breaking up from the chaff. Basically, you're separating what you can eat from what you don't want to eat. And then you hold it up in the air. And as you're shaking it, you sift it. And the wind blows away the chaff. And the wheat, the grain falls to the floor for it so it's easy to collect. But Gideon is, it sounds like a struggle, right? Like Gideon is doing all this stuff in a pit. You know what's not in the pit that you need? That's the key factor in threshing and separating wheat. It's the wind. So Gideon is literally trying to create his own wind from the grain and things that he's trampling. And then trying to sift through and find the grain. And it's the same with us. You see, we can be in a pit because we're identifying with, with, these, with, with maybe tragedy that's happened or who we think we are or what our life has been up until this point. And we can, we can say, you know what, this is going to be as good as it gets, so let me try to make things work. Let me, th- this is as good as it gets, so I'll just have to make do with what I have. And there's no wind. And what you could say is this is in the pit, there's force, but no flow. And that's not the way God designed our lives to be. He designed and he's called us every day to move in a flow. When we're led by the spirit, there's a flow. When we know who we are, there's a flow. But in the pit, it's all force and no flow. And it's a place where God never called us to be. Gideon was never called to be in that pit, in that wine press. If the, if the children of Israel would have followed after God and stayed following after God, they would have never had to face turmoil. But here Gideon is in the pit. And I need you to know that God never called you to sit in this pit. Another thing that happens in the pit is I was trying to figure out how not to dig a hole on stage. Uh, I, I use these rope dividers and one thing that these do is they pop off like that, but then they also, they limit you, Right? I like shoes and that some shoe releases, they don't let you go in the store until the guy moves the rope divider. It limits you. In the same way, when you're in a pit, you're limited. You live limited. Not just you, but God moving in your life. You see, you can't receive from God if you don't think you're worthy enough to receive from him. You can't walk in freedom if you don't think you're free. And so in the pit... It's not that God, and, and let me tell you this, it's not that God doesn't want to move in your life. It's that you're excluding yourself from him moving. Because you think, ah, God, I want. But you're limiting yourself because you're identified with everything else. You don't know who you are. Another, another place you see these is at premieres, right? You see movie stars walking, don't pass the ropes, right? But, but fans are there and they're taking pictures and they're trying to get autographed and they're trying to uh, capture the whole experience. And when it comes to this pit, you have a fan, your biggest fan. That's the devil. He doesn't mind at all you being in this pit. 
He will back you up. He will echo any, he, he will plead your case for you. Yeah, you should. Yeah, look at you, man. I mean, they don't know what's happening to you. You shouldn't be cold. You don't have to, they don't, they don't understand. They haven't been through what you've been through. You have a right to feel the way you feel. You have a right to lash out the way you lash out. You have a right to fold your arms and stay there because of what's happened to you. This is just who you are. And he will praise the fact that you're in here. He'll even, he'll bring you provision in your pit. He'll bring you every reason to stay there. He'll bring you water. You want a blanket? I'll bring you a blanket. You can just stay here. It's cool. You're good. And we can choose to sit here. And he'll do everything he can to keep us here. You know why? You know what's not in this pit? Your purpose. He knows that if he can keep you here, he can try to keep you from your purpose. And, and I don't know what you've gone through. I know I've gone through things and I know I'll have the opportunity to sit in a pit as well. You may sit there and say, well, you don't know what was done to me. I don't. But I do know what was done for you. And, and I do know, we just, got, we just got finished thinking about it. I do know that what was done for you was greater, far greater than anything that was done to you. What was done for you, what Jesus did for you and I was far greater than anything that could ever, anything that's happened, anything that will happen, than anything that's done to us. And it's so amazing to see that, you know, we don't have to live in this pit, but we can walk in our purpose because of this. You may say, well, this is, this is who I am. This is not who I am. Let's look at Galatians 2.20 together. In Galatians 2.20, you see, first you see Jesus walking out the purpose God had for him confidently, right? Like if, if the life was supposed to be lived, like Jesus, this was it. The way he walked, the way he talked, the way he responded, the way he moved in freedom, the way when he stepped into a room, God stepped into a room, the way a situation came to him. He knew what to say. When the blind came to him, they were seeing. When the deaf came to him, they were hearing. He raised the dead. He did all these amazing things and he was able to walk in his purpose. And the amazing thing about that, what brings my heart joy is that we can too. Because of this right here in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Because I made a decision for Jesus. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. When my past or what's happened to me or what, what, what labels or things I, I try to identify with, try to, try to take over, and when I, when I feel like I, I should be here, I know that it's no longer I who live. So you know what happens to my old self? It's gone. It's done away with. I only identify with who Jesus is. That's my identity. And when I know who I am, I'm able to walk out the purpose that God has for me. I'm able to look at Jesus's life and as followers of Jesus to follow Jesus, to see how he did. I'm able to move the way he moved. I'm able to see God move in my life the way that he moved in the life of Jesus. But it all starts with you knowing who you are. And so I just wanted to share with you three ways 
to know who you are. Three ways to walk out your identity in Christ. And the first way is this. It should be understood, but I've needed to hear it as well. It's, you got to know that God is talking to you. Sometimes it's easy to have this Gideon complex to where we'll hear a message and we'll shout or we'll sing a song about God's goodness, about how he's a way maker, how he's a light in the darkness. And, and we'll hear those things and we'll celebrate those things. But then there's part of us that says, like Gideon, when the angel appeared to him, hey, mighty man of valor, and looks around. And he says, wait, who, me? Is there somebody else here? And we'll sit there. And we'll celebrate it, but we won't receive it. We'll amen it, but we won't take it as it's for us. And if you have breath in your lungs, you've got to know that God is talking to you. You are not disqualified from his voice, from his love, from what he has for you. You've got to know that he's talking to you. That when you hear that any promise you hear, that it's for you. The second thing is this, is that you got to know what God says about you. You may say, how do, I, how do I do that? It's right here, not in that cough drop, but in his written word. This is God's promises for you. You want to know what God says about you, how he wants to protect you is right here. About his provision is right here. His love is right here. His grace is right here. When situations, how does he show up? It's right here. But we have to take the time to open up his word and see what he says about us. And it's so awesome to know that now we have technology to where we can have every translation ever made in a matter of seconds in the palm of our hand, but we have to take the time to open it up and see what God actually says about us and know that when we open this up, this isn't just a book. When I open this up, this is God speaking to me. And when I open this book up, just like I know he's speaking to me, you got to let this hold the most weight in your life. When you see Jesus live his life, you hear him repeatedly say, I only say what my father says. Whatever my father says, that's what I speak. So Jesus aggressively, he knew who he was, but he didn't allow anybody else to say who he was. Didn't allow anybody else to give him a label because the only label he accepted was what his father said about him. And you got to be the same way. Because it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. So when, when God sees us, he sees Jesus in the same way he moved. You and I can move now because we know who we are in him. And so when I look at God's word, that's, this is who I am. The same way Jesus in the synagogue that day, right? This is who I am. And I'm able to walk out my purpose because I know what he says about me. It's so easy to let something we hear said about us, like hold weight in our life. We'll, we'll think about it like that day and then the next day and then a week from now. But we got to be like that about the word because when we know who we are, and, we, and this, is the only, this is the only identity we accept, knowing who you are in Christ, it handles that. It handles any pettiness. It handles anything that tries to rise up because you know who you are. And the third thing is this, is you not only, it's not enough to just know, but you have to say what God says about you. Because you give life to the things that you speak to. And 
as we know, as we read, we build our faith. But there's another step that's called releasing your faith. You can load a gun all day, but until you pull the trigger, you'll never see the power. It's the same way with faith as we read and know who we are in Christ. As we read about the promises of God, when we speak those things, that's what activates the power. It's by the same way that we receive a salvation, that we become a part of God's family. In Romans 10, 9, it says that we, with, the, with our heart we believe. And then in verse 10, it says, with the mouth we confess until salvation. So when I speak, that's how I receive the thing that I speak out. That's how I receive from God. And the beautiful thing about that is God is so awesome in that he doesn't make things complex. He says, hey, how you receive from how you receive that is how you receive anything else. So I have to continually speak and say what he says about me. And when I say what God says about me, I'm able to see the power of his word at work in my life. Everybody say speak. It's the same way Jesus did. And when I speak and when I say those things that God said, I see his power work in my life and I'm able to walk out the purpose that he has for me. And I wanted to show you guys this example because there's something that happens whenever we do that. There's something that happens when we know who we are in Christ. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, some of the staff men went uh, whitewater rafting. And I don't know if you guys have been whitewater rafting before, but it was, you know, it was fun. Uh, we survived uh, but it's one of those things where if you do something you haven't really done a lot, that's like a extre- an extreme sport. It doesn't really hit you until they give you your, your, your life jacket. And, and then it doesn't really hit you until they give you a helmet. And you're like, wait, for rafting a helmet? And so uh, they give you this life jacket and they give us this helmet and they put our raft down and there's five of us to get in this raft and this like I said, it's the staff guys. One guy in particular, he's on staff. Uh, his name is, is Tim. And, and Tim is, is not the tallest, but he's one of the toughest people that I know. And in the raft, they're telling you, you know, they have a guy that's saying, hey, you know, you want to make sure you, you do this. You know, if you fall in, you know, you do the cannonball formation. You lift your toes out of the water when you're going down the rapid and then we'll, you know, we'll get you. And I appreciate the tone that they use. It just like it's so soothing, helps you feel confident about yourself. But I was thinking to myself, and maybe you've been there before, you're like, you know what, I already got the plan. I'm just not going to fall out the boat. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stay in the boat. And as she's going through these things, she's talking about the rapids, you know, I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, if one of us, fall, if it's going to be one of us that falls out of this boat, it's going to be Tim. Because I'm looking at us going down and I'm seeing him bounce and I'm like, he, he's going to go. And so we go down some rapids and I'm watching and, and I'm kind of watching. I'm like, what is it going to happen? Is it this one? And he makes it through. He still stays in the boat. We go to another one. He makes it through. He still stays in the boat. I'm like, man, this is good. But then there's this rapid and it's called, it's a class four rapid. And they were saying there was like a 10 foot drop that it's like, so it's a big rush, you know, when you go over it. And I'm like, if we're going to lose Tim off the boat in a rapid, this is going to be the one. So I'm bracing myself. I'm ready. I'm like, it's going to happen. And, and here we are in the pictures. He's, uh, we go over and I'm like, at this point, you got Tim in the front. I told you he was tough. He just looks tough. But he's in the front. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is the moment. Then as soon as the raft hits the water, I'm like, we lost him. Tim is gone. You can't see him at all. I'm like, man, we go, this man overboard. Tim overboard. Somebody's got to find him. Uh, you know, what, what can we do? I knew I was right. But then as the raft comes out of the water, I see the top of Tim's helmet. I'm like, 
what in the world? Is it just his helmet? And then we come out and you can actually see that it's Tim. I'm like, he made it. He didn't fall off. That's very shocking. And so I'm like, man, I thought for sure he was gone in the water. And so uh, I'm looking at this and we're talking about it. And I'm like, how did he do it? And he was like, man, well, there's just a ring. There was a ring in the, in the raft. I'm like, there's a ring. And I look back at the pictures. I'm like, this man had a death grip on this ring. That raft could have flipped over four times. and He still would have been on it. How many of you know it's the same way when you know who you are in Christ? It's the same way when you know the price that was paid for you. It's the same way when you know your identity is found in Jesus. You, you know that he's talking to you. You know what he says about you and you say what he says. So no matter what rapid, no matter what thought, no matter what tragedy, no matter what season comes your way, you're able to stand and stay in the boat. Everybody say, I know who I am because I am who God says I am. My identity is found in Christ. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, we just thank you for your love for us. We thank you, Father, that we are seen, known, and loved by you. Father, help us not only to know that, but to know that every promise for us is yes and amen. And Father, help us know that it's not just knowing, but it's speaking. And when we speak, we see your power at work in our life. We thank you so much for your love. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here and you've never made a decision for Jesus because today was the first time you felt like he sees you because he does I want to give you the opportunity this morning to make a decision for Jesus here and, and online and if that's you online we have people who are ready to pray with you and so I'm going to go ahead and pass uh, this to them but for those of you here I'm just going to ask you guys to repeat after me everyone say dear God you see me you know me and you love me You sent Jesus to pay the price for me. My old self is gone. My identity is in Jesus. When you see him, you see me. When you see me, you see him. I won't sit in the pit. I'll walk out my purpose. I won't sit in the pit. I'll walk out my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.